Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we are in our second week of resolutions from resolution to reality. How do you get your resolutions to become a reality. We just don't make one, somebody said. Um, <laughs> probably the worst time for me to take a drink. <laughs> but um, and if you missed last week, we talked about as followers of Christ, God has intended your life to be more than just losing a few pounds this year. Like, like his dream for you is bigger than just getting out of some debt um, or, or making better choices or exercising more. It's, not, it's bigger than just a resolution. He has a calling on your life. He has a calling on my life. And whether you're a teenager or you're an 85-year-old or you're in your 90s, whatever it may be, man, he has a calling on your life, and you and I still have it in us to do great things for him. And last week was a super, man, just amped message that I love to get to preach, and I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. He's got a calling. Let's do great things. He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly or have a rich and satisfying life as a it says in John 10, 10 in the New Living Translation. And so just this great, great message. And today we're going to pick up on that, but I'm going to preach a message I hate today I, I, because I'm preaching it at me, not just to you, right? This is something I have to work on. But last week we're like, yes, I got a calling and we're going to do, I've got it in me to do great things. And, and hopefully you went and found out or you're still trying to seek out what God's purpose, what his calling is for your life. But here's what happens. We, we find out this calling, and then the, that calling never becomes a reality. That resolution never becomes a reality because we are lacking something in our life to see it all the way through. So today I want to talk to you about patience. Now everybody boo right now because I'm with you. I was like, are you serious, God? Why do we have to have preach the unfun parts of the Bible, right? But I'm pretty sure it's the... Uh, the applicable parts of the scripture that really helps change our lives. And sometimes it's not the, the shouting and the dancing moments, it's the applying moments that if our resolutions, our callings are gonna become a reality, I'm gonna tell you, you and I have to have patience in our life. So today I wanna talk to you, it's still gonna be fun, but today I wanna talk to you about Texas Roadhouse and Break and Bakes. Texas Roadhouse and Break and Bakes. And I gotta admit to you, um, I've only been to the Texas Roadhouse two, maybe three times in my lifetime. Um, I, I, and some people are like, it was my favorite restaurant, and 
I'm not saying that it's not a good restaurant. I'm not saying that some of you are like, you better back up right now, right? I will totally 100% agree with you right now. I know I am dancing on some fragile ground with some of you and your theology. And if I say something wrong right now about Texas Roadhouse, you're not coming back to church. So um, their, their roles are unbelievable. Can we agree on that? I'm pretty sure that is what manna tasted like. Um, it's going to be in heaven. Their roles are unbelievable, right? I I can totally agree with you. Their food's okay. Like, it's not bad. It's not like, oh my gosh, changed my life forever, right? But it's, it's okay. But what I don't understand and the reason I never go there is because you can show up at Texas Roadhouse at five o'clock on the dot and there's still a 30 to 45 minute wait. I'm like, what the heck, man, right? Like, it's not that it's not good. I'm just like, I'm not going to wait 30 to 45 minutes for some yummy bread, right? I'm just not going to do that, right? And, and, and that's just true for me now. I don't, I'm not willing to wait any, almost any restaurant. I'm like, if you don't take reservations on a Friday night, I'm probably not coming. I'll just go to Taco Bueno, three bean burritos and three tacos, please, right? Come on. <laughs> Meal of champions. And it's not that I can't wait, right? Waiting now, waiting now is easier than it's ever been. you got more things to distract you while you wait than any other time. Like, you've got people you can actually talk to while you wait, too. There's that, guys. Like, what? what? To, like, communicate with people that I love? Like, weird. Like, I've seen couples on dates, and while they're waiting, they're just, like, on a... Like, if you're on your phone on the date while you're waiting and it's your first date, that's not a good sign, right? Like... Yeah, they're not the one. But, but it's not that I can't wait. It's that I'm just not willing to wait. And can I tell you, that's just true in me in life. It, the, the thing that I have discovered is that most of the time, we don't mind hard things. I don't mind difficult, hard things. I want to accomplish difficult and hard things in my life. It's most of us, the reason we won't fulfill the calling God's placed on our life or the resolution, whatever you want to call it today, right? The resolutions won't become a reality. The goals, the dreams, the calling that God has on you. It's not because it's too hard. It's because you won't be willing to wait for God to do the work. And we don't, we're not patient enough to see it through. We become impatient. And as a result, impatience running our life instead of allowing patience to run the show. And so today, as we're talking about this, how do you and I have a life where there's patience involved? And, and those resolutions and that calling is becoming a reality. James chapter one says this, it says, dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So, let it grow, right? I would have just said, so let it, right? Let it grow. Let patience grow. And don't try to squirm out of your problems. Isn't that what we do, though? Like James knows. He's like, you're trying to get out of it, right? I'll just put it on a credit. Don't, don't, don't squirm out of your problems for when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything. Strong in, t- in character, full and complete. And here's what I know about you and me today. If you guys can leave this up there. If you can go back to that scripture real quick. There you go. Perfect. All of us here want this to be said of our life. We will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. 
That, that is what I want my life to look like. That's what I want my life to represent. Well, how do you allow that to become a reality in your life? It is our first point. You have to understand patience is grown, not given. Patience is grown, it's not given. I wish patience was given, right? Patience is an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit, not, not a fruit of the Spirit. It's singular, right? Not fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that one fruit contains all the different attributes. And so some of us just want to say, well, I'm not a patient person. No, no, no. It's not that you're not a patient person. You haven't allowed patience to grow in your life. You think a, like a, a fairy godmother is going to come and bippity-boppity-boo you, and all of a sudden there's going to be patience. You're like, wow, I'm just completely calm. I'm totally patient. No, you're not going to be patient. It's not how it works. And here's the thing that I understand about patience, is that patience is developed when you need it. That's what sucks. <coughs> it does. And I hate, here's the reason I don't want to preach this message, because guess what God's going to work on in me this week? Patience. Some of you, you just turn the TV off, you're like, nope. <laughs> and if patience is going to happen, we can't squirm out of our problems. We've got to let it develop. We've got to let it do the ugly work of developing in our life. And if your life is ever going to be lived out to the significant calling that God has for it, it is never going to happen. You're never going to be strong and complete without patience. Patience brings the strength and character and completeness that God wants to put in you. And here's why we struggle with allowing patience to grow in our life. is because we are a culture of instant gratification, Right? We have replaced our crock pots with Instapots, right? We have. I'm like, like a crock pot wasn't convenient enough, right? Like, oh, that's just, I have to wait too long, right? Well, maybe you have to play. Anyways, now I have to have an Instapot, right? The reason we get new phones, it's not because our old phone doesn't work. It's because your old phone isn't as fast as the new phone, right? Reason we get, upgrade our internet isn't because it's not working, it's just, heaven forbid we allow something, you know, to buffer. I'm just playing. For all those people online, you're not buffering. Um, that's us. Um, but that, that heaven forbid something buffer, you know, and our, our, my internet's not fast enough. We are an instant. We want it now. We, want, we don't want Amazon. We want it now, right? Like, prime me up, baby. Like, I am a prime member. That's, who, that's how we are. Like, like, and as a result, we start buying things that we can't afford because we want instant gratification. And so we get in debt and we put it on a credit card to get it now because we think we are entitled to live the same lifestyle our parents are and we're 24 years old. No, you aren't. It, they're 50 years old. They're 40 years old, man. It took them that long to get, but we want it now because we want things that we don't need to impress people we don't even know. Some of us, we want companionship now in relationships. And it doesn't matter that we're in a relationship with the wrong person. And here's what I will tell you. Impatience always brings consequences. And we just have to be patient for God to bring the right person at the right time in our life. Genesis chapter 12, story of Abram. 
right? Abram is Abraham, but before Abraham, right? Before God changed his name. And, and there's this great story about the life of Abram, and he's going to be our main guy that we talk about today. And in Genesis chapter 12, it says this, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, now think of this. This is an incredible, awesome promise that God is giving Abram, right? And it says this, then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. He starts traveling in stages towards the Negev. There's an awesome promise. There's an awesome calling, awesome resolution, right, that God wants to bring to a reality to, to seeing this call, this purpose fulfilled. And it says this, that Abram traveled in stages. Can I tell you, that's usually how God's purpose works in your life and his calling works in your life. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens in stages. And here's the problem. I hate traveling in stages, right? I would much rather have a direct flight than a connecting flight. But if you're in Tulsa, you ain't getting a direct flight unless you're going to Chicago, Dallas, or Atlanta, or Denver, right? Like, like, like that's pretty much it. And, and, and you just, you're going to be connecting if you want to probably go somewhere international. You're definitely connecting, right? And that's just kind of where it is because there's more that could go wrong. If I'm having to drive um, through the night, I would rather drive through the night than spend the night. I just don't like traveling in stages. I want to get there as fast as I can. And yet... Yet, that's how patience in God's plan is, is built in your life. That's how the purpose of God is built in your life. It's not built all at once, boom, I'm just going to give it to you. No, patience has grown. Your calling is developed in stages. But here's the problem is this, is that I don't want to take the time to allow it to develop, to develop in stages. And where a lot of us get it wrong is we get our timing confused with God's timing. And your timing has nothing to do with God's timing. Man, I, can, I don't struggle with God's ways as much as I struggle with his timing. And I've heard it said, and you've heard this said, God's never early, he's never late, he's right on time. Right? He's never early, he's never late, but he's right on time. And what happens is I have a timing of things, that, of the way I think things are going to go down and when they're going to go down and it has nothing to do with how God has a timing of when things are going to happen and when they're going to go down. We have this discussion all the time at my house. Casey and I have a different uh, way of communicating, imagine that, of when things are, are needing to be done. Like, for instance, Casey will ask me sometimes, um, it hadn't been so much since my surgery on my toe, but since most of the time, she'll be like, hey, can you help me do this? And what I hear her say is this, this is what I'm hearing. Hey, when it is convenient for you, when you have time, right, when you're done watching something, can you get around to doing that sometime today? That is what I am hearing, men, right? What she means is I need you to get up off your lazy butt right now and do this now. Not, not when it's convenient for you, but now, now I'm not going to tell you who I think's right or wrong in this instance. The one that's right didn't get all the applause, right? It's not always popular. 
My job's not to be popular, but true, right? But here, and, and we have the same thing. We have the same thing when it comes to God. We think his timing is going to be in our timing, right? We think that, that things are going to happen in just all at once. But can I tell you, patience grows in stages, and your purpose happens in stages. And are you still traveling where God is calling you? Even if it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like right now. Are you allowing patience to grow or have you squirmed out of it? Because the alternative to us being patient is being impatient. Right? There, there's, we're either being patient or we're being impatient. And I can tell you this much about impatience. Impatience of a promise or a purpose, man, or a calling brings dysfunction to your presence. Your present presence to your present. Impatient of a promise brings dysfunction to your present. Impatience to your purpose, to your calling, right, brings dysfunction to your present situation and present circumstance. For perfect example, in Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis 16, Abram is now Abraham. And God has sent an angel, think of this, God has sent an angel once again, to meet with Abraham and Sarah and say, hey, I'm going to make you the father of nations, right? Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father Abraham, right? You sang this song, right? Like, it's crazy that we sang this, and this is still based on the promise whew, um, of what God had told Abraham. And here it is. The angel of the Lord's like, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah. So be ready. You're going to be the father of nations. I'm going to make you famous. He, he, he shows up again, and a year later, it didn't happen, and Sarah's timing, right? This is Abraham's wife. Sarah's like, oh, it didn't happen, right? Like, like time's up, God. And so she, in chapter 16, takes matters in her own hands. She becomes impatient. And what does she do? She takes her servant, Hagar, who's a woman, by the way, um, and he says, she says, Abraham, why don't you sleep with my servant Hagar, and you can have, God will give me a child through her. And Abraham, being a guy, is like, sure, right? Like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And if your marriage it operates this way, we need to talk, right? Not because I'm interested, but because there's something dysfunctional going on in your relationship, right? Like, this isn't the way God's intended it. Like, that could have gone the wrong way real quick. I'm glad I clarified so Abraham sleeps with Hagar. What happens? Hagar gets pregnant. Hagar has a son named Ishmael, right? Ishmael is born, and Hagar now thinks she's kind of stuff, and she's kind of mean-mugging Sarah. Like, you barren woman, you can't have a baby. Look at my baby, right? Look at your husband's baby right here that I'm holding right now, right? And what does Sarah do? She gets mad at Abraham. Look what you did. You did this to me. This was your idea. You slept with her. You impregnated her. Whose idea? Well, this, hey, she's your servant, right? Do, Sarah, you do with Hagar whatever you want to. I'm, Sarah run the roost, right? She, she was running the show. And so Sarah's super mean to Hagar. Hagar leaves, and she takes Ishmael with her. An angel of the Lord has to intervene with Hagar and sends her back to Abraham. So all this stuff is happening, right? We're not done yet. We're not done. It gets worse. Fourteen years pass. Ishmael is 14 years old. Sarah finally has Isaac. Sarah is 99 years old, and Abraham's 100, or she may be 90. Um, she's, she's old. All of a sudden, 
Sarah's like, well, hey, I, I don't want Ishmael, and I don't want Hagar here around my child. You're going to have to get rid of him. And Abraham, think of this, has to send Hagar. He gives him like a canteen and some, and some bread, like they're off the Lord of the Rings eating elfish bread, going on, you know, Return of the King or something like this, right? Like, a, like going on this journey into Mordor, and they, they just take off. And they've just got a little bit of food and a little bit of water, and he sends his 14-year-old never to come back home. What happened? What caused all this? Impatience. Impatience brings chaos. And here's what I can almost guarantee you is that impatience has never improved your life ever. Impatience has almost never improved your life because when we become impatient, we start looking for shortcuts. Right? And we are a society that loves shortcutting the process. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a faster way. And hear me, just because it's faster, very rarely does that mean it's better. Right? This is something we've been doing for years. Many of you will remember this. In 1846, a group of about 90 pioneers, right? I'm, I'm sharing this illustration because of 1883, the new uh, Dutton film. Anyways, so... April 1846, a group of about 90 pioneers in about 20 wagons followed brothers Jacob and George Donner westward to the, from Illinois to California. The Donner Party, right, was inexperienced in the wilderness and was headed into uncharted territory. They began their journey on the California Trail, a known wagon train route west, but decided to take a shortcut. An alternative route, because of freezing temperatures and rough mountain terrains, the shortcut they hoped for turned out to be long and deadly. And what the Donner Party is remembered for is, does anybody know this? Cannibalism, yes. Man, you guys paid attention in history. Look at you guys. Right? Here's the lesson of that. If you take a shortcut, you're going to start eating people. Right? Don't do it. Right? Don't shortcut the process. Just because it's the long way doesn't mean that it's the, 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 the long way doesn't make it the wrong way. Right? Here's what I know God would much rather. He is much more concerned with it being right than fast. He is much more concerned about you going through the process than you cutting corners. When we were building playgrounds in Kenya, we would have to dig these holes as deep as Jeff and Hunter would tell us to dig them. And I would be like, can you measure the hole? It's got to be close. No, we're not deep enough. We need to go like one centimeter deep. And it went that close, but it's like an inch deeper. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, it should be close enough. And here's what Jeff said. He said this to me. He goes, close enough isn't good enough. Can I tell you, close enough in your life isn't good enough. God hasn't called you to come close to fulfilling your calling. He's called you to fulfill your calling, right? And the thing that's going to cheat you from fulfilling that calling is you taking the easy way out. You settling for good enough isn't good enough. God is way more concerned about you waiting for the best thing instead of the good thing. Every once in a while, Casey will make cookies at our house. And I, lo I love Casey's chocolate chip cookies. She's fasting sugar right now, and it's killing me. So um, we haven't had cookies in a while. And, and, and here's the alternative, right? Here's the alternative. Break and bake cookies. All right? Yeah, I agree, 100%. And this is the Walmart version because I'm, I'm, we're building a building, guys. I'm trying to be a good steward of God's <laughs> money. So um, 
And so here, here's the deal. These are okay, right? But I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to waste calories on this. Like I'm coming to the place where I'm getting old enough that I'm going to make sure it's worth wasting the calories on. Like this is easy, but it's not great. Casey has to go through a process. It's a mess. She's got to combine all the elements and all the, the ingredients and mixing it. And can I tell you, the dough that Casey makes is way better. Like, I eat probably more cookie dough than I do cookies, right? Because I'm just like, she's like, leave some for cookies. I'm like, get out of here, right? My inner fat guy comes out, I'm like, get away. Um, I just can't, I can't do it, right? But, but that, that has to go through a process when this is easy. This is good, but it's not great. And some of you, you are settling for a break and bake type of life instead of the great life that God has for you. And if you won't short the process, if you won't allow impatience to bring dysfunction to your relationships, to your finances, to the calling, to the purpose that God has for you, man, you will see the good things that God has for you to do. Because I would much rather live a crock pot type of life than a microwave type of life, right? A microwave is fast, but it's not good. And God has great things for you, and the only way that's going to happen is if you don't let impatience win out. And here's the truth for most of us here, most of us watching online, we're waiting on something. We're waiting. We're in the waiting room of life. We're in the waiting room of our calling. We're waiting for that next stage. We're waiting for that next opportunity to open. And here's what I would tell you. For all of you that are waiting, how you wait matters. How you wait, it matters. I'm not a good waiter. I'm not a patient waiter. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grumpy waiter. Right? I have a feeling I'm not alone. How you wait, <laughs> how you wait matters. I love this quote by Elizabeth Elliot. She says, restlessness and impatience change nothing except our peace and joy. Peace does not dwell in outward things, but in the heart prepared to wait trustfully and quietly on him who has all things safely in his hands. He has all the things you're praying for, all the things you're waiting for, safely in his hands. Mom and dad, take that, take that to heart today. He has all the things you're waiting for on your kids safely in his hands. You that are in a rough patch in your marriage, he has all the things you're waiting for safely in his hands. Psalms 27 verse 14 says this, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Kind of seems to be a theme today, doesn't it? Don't, don't be fearful, right? Because that's the deal. We can become super anxious and, well, what if it doesn't happen? And what ifs will rob you of your security and your patience. Fear will make you impatient quicker than anything else. And that's why the Bible says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And you got to have a sound mind in order to wait like God is calling you to wait. Brave and courageously. Wait patiently for the Lord because otherwise you're going to make a mess of it, right? Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Psalms 37 verse 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. 
I love this part. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. I like that, right? Because here, this is our tendency. Why we're waiting, whether, it, whether you're waiting in a waiting room, you're like, I got here before them, right? You're waiting at a restaurant. Why they get, see, we've been here like 10 minutes longer than they have. No mind, you're a party of eight and they're a party of two, but you're like, it doesn't matter. I've been here 10 minutes. Here's the one I'm worse at, right? You're in traffic and everything's on the highway and every lane you're not in is moving faster than the lane you're in, right? And so you get into it and then that lane starts moving. You're like, dad, come it, and you keep moving lane. Why? Because we're watching everybody else. And when we watch everybody else, we can't be patient with what God's doing in us. Because our focus is here instead of here. And if you aren't waiting patiently for the Lord, the the chances are you're watching what God's doing in everybody else. And you're watching everybody else's resolutions come true. And man, they're not even a good person. And they still found someone. Right? Let's Let's just really flesh this out. She's a total hoe. It's easy for her to find somebody, but if you're going to wait for the best thing, you're going to have to be picky because you're going to have a break and bake guy or you're going to have the great thing God has for you. Don't settle for this. This is what impatience gets you. Stop looking at what's happening to everybody else and wait patiently for the Lord. Romans 8.25 But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, I had to sow me to the T. Like, we get done with the trip, I'm like, where are we going next, right? And I'm like, my my family's like, we just got back from a trip. I'm like, but where are we going next, right? If we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Uh. So for all of us that are waiting, let let me challenge you in this way. How are you waiting? Are you pouting? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? I'm just waiting for for this to happen. Are you grumpy? That's what I get. I get grumpy. I get short. Like, ah, stop it. Just stop, right? So perfect illustration of this. A few years ago when we went to Disney World, one of the new rides was the, the Disney mine train. It's like the Snow White mine train thing. And so there's always a long line. And my, fa- my crew was like, hey, we're going to have to just bite the bullet and do it. So we waited in line, and, and there's this little girl that's behind us. And I'm sitting there looking at all the wait times going, man, we could be riding this ride. You know, like Space Mountain's only a 20-minute ride. You know, like, like wait line. I'm, I'm like, the Haunted Mansion's like 30 minutes. This is a two-hour wait line, right? And so we're sitting there, and I'm, I'm just happiest place in the world being a, the grumpy dwarf, right? That, that is me. They're, oh, you must be grumpy, right? That is, I'm being just like, ah, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not being grumpy towards anybody else because we always have a bet, you know, with our kids when we go, you will be happy. We're at the happiest place in the world. You will enjoy Disney World, right? I'm like, who says it first? Um, because a parent always says it. And so, so I'm just kind of minding it, but I'm just, I'm just like, ah, oh, we could be doing all this other stuff. And right behind me is this little girl, and it had to be her first time. And she's with her mom, and every time we would take a step, she would go, oh, we're getting closer. It was like Buddy the Elf. It's like Buddy the Elf behind me, right? Every time, and, and, and there's like all this stuff to see in line, and I'm like, blah, who cares? Like, just get me on the ride, right? And she's like, oh, look at all the jewels, mom. I'm like, look, look all, oh, and we're going to be up there in just a second. And like, next time, oh, we're almost there, mom. And I mean, she's just like, 
And like, I'm just watching this little girl trip out. And I'm like, you dumb little girl, we got like an hour and a half to go. You know, I'm like, stupid little kid, you don't make A's, do you? Right? Like, I'm just like, you got no concept of time here. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, about halfway through the line, I'm like, you know what? She gets it. We're, I'm a, she wasn't looking at how far she had to go. She was looking at how far she has come, right? And can I challenge you? We got to wait the same way. It's not what we're still waiting on God to do. Look all that God has already done. Look how far he has already brought you. So why wouldn't you wait for him to finish it? Right? Let him finish it the right way and the correct way. I love this verse, and I got to close. I got to close. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8. Finishing is better than starting, and patience is better than pride. Can I tell you, anybody can start something, but are you willing to allow God to finish it? And if you're going to finish it, patience has to be part of it. That's why patience is in this verse. Finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than... Patience allows you to wait for the Lord to finish what Philippians 1.6 says, he that began a good work in you will finish it, will complete it until the day of Christ's return. He didn't start a process in you to leave you unfinished. Let him finish your calling and your purpose. And if your purpose and your calling is ever going to become a reality, patience better be part of the journey for you. And on the process, own why you're, stop whining while you're waiting and keep developing while you're waiting and keep being fruitful while you're waiting and keep giving God the glory and the honor and being faithful while you're waiting and watch what God does because that's how you see your resolutions and your calling become a reality. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today, and I thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, this is a tough message for me. Pray that you would help us to let patience grow. Because Lord, there's a lot of us, we are so good about squirming out of our problems. Not allowing patience to have its way. Not allowing patience to develop. And patience is developed when we need it. And Lord, there's some of us, we're sitting here and we've allowed impatience to come into the situation, to come into the relationship, to come and be a part of our life. And Lord, anytime impatience gets involved, dysfunction soon follows. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would patiently wait on the Lord with strength and courage and boldness. Lord, I pray for those that are waiting, Lord, for that next stage, that, that next part of our calling, that next part of our purpose, that next part of the dream to become a reality. I pray that while we're waiting, then we'd be faithful. While we were waiting, we would wait with expectancy and confidence and hope and strength and boldness. Because the Lord, we know you're still doing, you're still taking us through the process. So don't let us just do it fast. Don't let us settle for good, but let us do it right. And let us settle for nothing but greatness and your goodness that you want to work 
in and through our lives. Lord, I pray today that we would patiently wait on you to see our purpose and calling become a reality. It's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, today if you're here, you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe, maybe you're watching at home online, and you're, you're, you're here, you're there, and where you're at in your relationship, it's not where you know you should be. There's some things, man, you need to change in your life, and you need to recommit your life to the Lord because somewhere along the way of life, you just drifted away from Him. In just a second, I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do, if that's you, is to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. That's it. The thing that gets you right in your relationship with Him is you taking the first step. That's it. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, if we'll do our part, He's faithful and just to forgive us from all our unrighteousness. And if that's you today, when I count to three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. We're going to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yep, there's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join those two hands that are lifted today. You say, Justin, that's me today. Where I'm at, man, it's not where I should be. And I need to get some things right in my relationship with them today. Maybe you're at home watching online. And you say, Justin, that's me. I just invite you right where you're at. Raise your hand. And let us know online, let us know in the comments so we can celebrate and we can rejoice with you. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or wanna reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.